Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez. And in this segment, we are going to talk about the upcoming full moon in the sidereal sign of Cancer. So before we get started, hi, welcome back. I'm so happy that you're here. I hope that you are ready (laughs) to set some time aside for yourself to learn a little bit about Vedic astrology or hear my perspective of Vedic astrology. Rather, you are multitasking or running errands or doing dishes, or maybe you're really just taking time to sit and be still wherever you are, whatever you're doing. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for being here. And yes, so this is our full moon forecast. I am a Vedic sidereal astrologer. So if you're new to this podcast, I do not follow the Western tropical system. So that's very important to note. Otherwise, it's going to sound incorrect. But the sidereal zodiac is actually the astronomical placement of the planets at any given moment in time. So I do have a full segment on that on the difference between um, tropical and sidereal astrology. If you are interested, you can search through the podcast and you will find it there. The other little disclaimer I like to say at the beginning is that I do reside in Austin, Texas. So the times I use are going to be for central standard time. So if any of you have ever heard of Ekadashi or Ekadashi, um, it is a day where you fast and it actually does have astrological significance. It has to do with the certain phases of the moon. And so I like to observe Ekadashi and I've been fasting, let's see, maybe 19 hours. I'm on the home stretch here. So my fasting will be up this afternoon, but I feel like I'm already kind of prone. I'm going to be honest with you. Like I'm kind of prone to being scattered. Um, I'm kind of prone to being spacey in a way. And I feel like when I fast, it just gets amplified. So this is going to be a fun experience for both of us. Hopefully everything makes sense. Hopefully everything is helpful. Moving off of that, of this concept of Ekadashi, we do this to help stabilize the mind. It's like in preparation for the new or full moon in a way. And because we have our full moon coming up, I think it's appropriate to discuss how when we have these extreme phases of the moon, right? Because the moon moves through cycles, it waxes and it wanes. When we have the brightest point of the moon, which is the full moon, or the darkest point of the moon, which is a new moon, it's said to have a special impact on our mind, because the moon is our mind, right? And so the ancient sages and ancient rishis knew just how much of an impact the moon had on our subtle body and on our emotional and mental body. So if you feel yourself go through a little emotional roller coaster or things feel a little bit more intense, um, it makes complete sense. And we do have a lot happening astrologically that would suggest a little intensity and a little rockiness, but we'll talk about it and ways to kind of counter that. So we do have the full moon coming up on January 17th. And it's going to be around 5.45pm Central Time. So again, January 17th, 5.45pm Central Time is when we're going to have our full moon. And so remember that in general, the full moon is a time of releasing and letting go. The moon is as bright as it will be. The only place it has to go is down. So as the moon is at its peak, 
light is then stripped away from the moon and it's almost as if what we choose to release and let go of is supported by this energetic quality of the moon. So as we are releasing and letting go, the stripping of light from the moon helps kind of pull that energetically away from us. It's a really beautiful concept and it's a really beautiful um, thing to acknowledge. And so we did have a new moon earlier this month. This is actually funny. If you listened to that podcast with Liz Roberta, which I recommend listening to, um, she and I talked about the upcoming Uh, 2022 forecast and major transits she asked me if there were any months that would have like a double full moon or a double new moon and I was like oh man off the top of my head I don't know (laughs) and January of course is one of those months so I dropped the ball on that but this is one of those special months where just barely like if you're in the United States we do get two new moons this month we'll have another one on January 31st and it's at 11 45 p.m so it's like so close to being February but if you're in the United States you're going to barely get it or at least if you're in central uh, central standard time but again I don't even know if it would have worked for England time but so watch out for that if you're in my time zone so moving on from that this full moon is going to be in the sign of cancer. And I think that this is like a really sweet release because if we look in the night sky, we are having this Kala Sarpa yoga, time serpent yoga. If you've been listening to my other podcast, I refer to it as like a karmic vortex. Really destined events happen in the world around us. Destined events happen in our lives. So a lot is going on. The moon being in cancer has actually broken away from that Kala Serpa yoga. So it's the one planet that's standing outside of it. And so we're still going to be in Kala Serpa um, until around April because the moon is going to, of course, continue to move in and out of the Kala Serpa. So this doesn't mean that we're out of Kala Serpa, but for this full moon, the moon is at least getting alleviated from that pressure in a way. And The majority of planets are in Capricorn. We have a stellium in Capricorn. And then, of course, we're going to have Mars and Venus being in Sagittarius. And so the energy, it's just, it's very, when I think about it, it's kind of dry. You know, it's kind of dry. It's intense. It's heated. And so with the moon being in Cancer, it almost gives us this watery, nourishing relief. And at least a reminder to move towards these qualities, especially if you're in a part of the world where it's getting cold. Um, it's like vata season, right? The airy quality. It's very airy. It's very drying. We may feel very scattered and out of it. So this full moon is a reminder that we need to nourish ourselves. We need to slow down. We need to warm ourselves and care for ourselves. And just because there's intensity in the outer world, in this, you know, in the rest of the Kala Sarpa, there's this karmic vortex, there's this intensity. We don't necessarily need to be a part of that. We don't necessarily need to buy into that. And so I actually have a story to go along with this today. So first of all, the majority of our suffering and our disease is because of mental fluctuations. It's because of our thoughts and our feelings and our attachments to things in the outer world. And when we attach ourselves to things in the outer world, or we identify with something in the outer world, 
this is what can bring us suffering because the external world is constantly changing. It's constantly in flux. So if we try to identify or we try to find purpose in something, we know it is bound to change. So it is not super wise to do that, right? Even though, of course, it's human nature and we all do it. It's not super wise to... Um, to do it haphazardly, we need to practice mindfulness. And so the practice of self realization, right, which is what we're doing here with Vedic astrology, Vedic astrology is a limb of the Vedas, Vedas is infinite knowledge. Vedic astrology supports us in the path of self realization. So it's not just we look at the astrology, and then we're subject to it. And we um, you know, freak ourselves out and we get anxiety. <laughs> we need to also practice our mindfulness. We need to practice our yoga. We need to practice our meditation. And this is one of the best ways that we can nourish ourselves, which is what cancer is all about. And of course, more specifically, this full moon is going to be in Pushya, Nakshatra. And Pushya, this is such a beautiful nakshatra because it goes along with cancer. It's nourishing. It is giving. It's generous. It's also incredibly devoted and it's incredibly spiritual, highly, highly spiritual. So this is such a wonderful time to nourish ourselves through spiritual reminders, spiritual texts, listening to our teachers, meditation, reminding ourselves that we can't have meaning or we can't have identity with something that is changing, right? Our true identity and our true nature is something that is infinite and goes beyond all of time and all of space and unites all living sentient beings. And so I wanted to tell you a story because I was talking to my therapist and she is like, and I shared this on my Instagram story, so I'm sorry if it's redundant, but I, I thought it was important enough to share with everyone. And it, you know, I'm not immune to any of this, right? So I'm talking to my therapist who I love and I've been going to for years and she's like, she's like my spiritual teacher as well as my like mental health person, which, you know, they kind of go hand in hand anyway. But so I was asking her, I was like, look, every single time <laughs> that I find something that feels stable or I hit something that makes me feel really happy and secure, something in my life happens that gets uprooted. And I'm like, is this normal? Is this supposed to happen? Like, is there ever going to be a day where I feel like I'm stable and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing? That's what I told her. Because, you know, I, I don't want to give my age away, but I'm, you know, quote unquote, man, I don't, I don't even know how to verbalize this. What I should say is people my age are typically married already. They're typically with kids. They typically um, are a little bit more established in terms of fine. Uh, family structures. And so for me, I'm, I'm really established in business and I'm really established um, financially. I'm, I have like establishments in my life, but there are these other milestones that I haven't done yet. And I also, to be completely honest with you, don't prioritize or haven't prioritized. And so I'm talking to her about this and I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> what should I tell me what to do? Therapist, just tell me what to do. Why, you know, why is it every single time I feel like something's stabilizing, I feel like something else is getting uprooted. And she's like, this is the trick of the material world. The trick of the material world is that we're trying to find stability externally. 
Stability does not exist externally. Stability can only be found within. And so we continued our conversation and we were talking about how external factors cannot define us. There is no timeline for anything. And how we are connected to our inner authentic self, how we are connected to our source energy, you know, that's ultimately what's going to matter the most. And it's foolish to try to establish stability in the external world because it's constantly changing and constantly shifting. The only stable place we can find is residing within the center of our being, within our unique connection to source. And that connection is never changing. It's completely solid and it has all of the answers. And so the reason I'm sharing that again is because this is the most nourishing thing we can do for ourselves. We could take a bubble bath, we could eat some chocolate, (laughs) you know, we could do these things, which are all beautiful and amazing and necessary, right? And ultimately, I believe, my, my humble personal opinion, is that the most nourishment we can give ourselves is to find that connection. And for all of us, it's going to look different. Some of us may want to do a physical yoga practice. Some of us may want to chant mantra. We may want to meditate. We may want to take a walk in nature, maybe spend time with one of our pets or maybe even spend time with one of our children. You know, what a spiritual experience is that? So I just encourage us all to take that time and to remind ourselves that if we feel shaken because of something that happens externally, We should not then try to change the external environment. We should change what is happening within ourselves so that we can find stillness within because we can't control the outer world. We can only control our own actions. We can only control how how we perceive the world. And, And again, this is the path. This is the path of yoga. Stilling the fluctuations of the mind. Being able to sit in difficult times. Being able to experience discomfort And being able to find, you know, stillness within that and being able to love ourselves regardless of what's happening externally. I think that's one of the biggest things, like loving and accepting ourselves as well. So I hope that that was helpful. I hope that you enjoyed my personal story with my therapist. (laughs) And, you know, to kind of move off of that, there really is no timeline. I think that we get caught up in external expectations or you know, we, we can get caught up in what other people are doing or what we quote unquote should be doing. But what we should be doing is being guided from the compass of our heart. We should not be making decisions off of something that feels like pressure. We should not be making decisions because we are afraid. That's the worst thing we can do for ourselves is making decisions out of fear. Right? Sometimes that's like, we have to do that. It's the only way. But Ultimately, I think that when we make decisions for our life from the guidance of that inner compass and from a place of stillness and from a place of knowing that it's what's best for you and everyone involved, that's what's ultimately, in my opinion, going to lead us towards happiness. And me and my boyfriend didn't break up, by the way. Everything is fine. But, you know, it's just me and my own internal perception of what I am in this life and what my ego should be doing and all of these things. And everything is fine now. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) But I did just want to share that um, story. 
So again, I hope that for the full moon, you have something planned to nourish yourself and really deeply nourish yourself and connect. And this nakshatra, it's also about sharing with others, you know, and I think that's something that we can really do to help nourish others is really offering space and offering an ear and offering non-judgment you know when someone comes to us and shares something with us not judging them not trying to change anything not trying to control anything just listening offering space and of course asking the question do you want help do you want my reflection do you want me to share my opinion or do you just want me to listen I think that that's a really wonderful way that we can serve people And of course, it's also a great day to offer things, you know, if we wanted to cook somebody a meal, or we want to offer service, we want to offer charity. Looking at the astrology of the full moon, I do think that there is going to be that external influence. You know, the moon has tons of aspects. It's going to be aspected by K2. It's aspected, obviously, by the sun, by Mercury, by Saturn. It's going to be aspected by Mars. That's a lot of energy putting being put on our mind on our emotional space so there may be intensity externally there may be pressure there may be uh, irritability there may be confusion and so instead of trying to get super involved in the outer world see what happens if you turn inwards and just give yourself some time that's going to be my advice for that and so looking at the rest, I do want to say also just be mindful of like accidents, injuries. Um, there's a, I mean, again, there's a lot going on with the moon. So no risky activities, nothing too crazy. I would really recommend laying low and just taking it easy, uh, really nourishing yourself, doing things that are, as I was mentioning, warming, nourishing, grounding. I think the external world is going to be really contrary to those things. And so Mercury is going retrograde. Mercury is going retrograde from January 14th, when you're listening to this, when it publishes, until February 3rd. And so Mercury retrograde is always a time to review, reassess, reanalyze, anything that starts with RE particularly in regards to things that Mercury governs, like speech, communication, our analytical ability, technology. (laughs) So first of all, technology may be going awry, you may have issues with technology. Um, You may have issues with like your vehicle. There's definitely going to be miscommunications speaking. So this is an excellent time to be hyper aware of your communication take time to reflect try to be really mindful in your communication we are all going to be prone to misspeaking um, speaking out of context getting messages confused we're going to see that in our own life and in the world at large this is a great time to listen right instead of speaking and instead of sharing maybe being a little bit more receptive and taking in more messages trying not to uh, project trying more to receive mercury is also going to be aspected by rahu so there may be a proneness to some manipulative conversation like manipulative salespeople, salespeople who are incredibly savvy and trying to draw you in um i think that we're all kind of used to there being manipulative language in the media and things like that so we want to keep a special eye out for these things and just be mindful in your personal life just be extra mindful and be mindful of yourself sometimes. And I, you know, I've, I've spoken about this before. We can be subtly manipulative without even realizing it. 
And one of the really common ways that we can do that is like prompting people, you know, like we may say something to try to get a certain response, or we may ask a certain question. And in that question where there's like an underlying meaning or there's an underlying desire. And that almost never works out for anybody. So try to be forthcoming, try to be very forward, try to be really honest in your communication with what you want and what your expectations are. And that is going to be the most helpful for you, most helpful for everyone, because it could result in um, some arguments and disputes. And we don't want that. So try to be extra mindful and try to be as forthcoming and thought out with your language as possible. With the technology, I always advise getting work done ahead of time. If you need to send a, an important email or submit a project or print something, try to do it a few days before in case there are any issues. You may want to have someone else proofread your work as well. The good things that Mercury support us with is it is a good time to go back and review things. So reviewing work that we've done, reviewing projects, it's a great time to clean things out, get rid of things we don't need anymore, uh, get rid of old receipts, get rid of old documents, just getting rid of things that are no longer serving us. So it's an excellent time to clear things out. Um, also, maybe reviewing finances and taking care of finances, reviewing investments, uh, reviewing anything with technology not the best time to like get your car fixed or computer fixed. I would wait until the retrograde is over. Um, it is definitely going to be interesting to watch worldwide. <laughs> I, you know, there may be some um, confusion with finances or with government affairs in relationship to the economy. So we do want to keep an eye on that. There's a lot going on in Capricorn. So we can expect some confusion there. So again, Mercury is going to be retrograding from January 14th until February 3rd. So let's talk a little bit about Mars. So Mars, when this publishes, will still be in Scorpio. But Mars is going to move into Sagittarius on January 16th. So Mars will be in Sagittarius from January 16th to February 26th. And so we have one of these periods where Mars is between, or any planet, when any planet moves between a water sign to a fire sign, it's said to be Gandanta. And so Mars will be moving over those Gandanta degrees. And Gandanta means, it literally translates into knot. And it's like this spiritual knot. And what is held in that knot as the planet moves through the degrees it's like the knot is unraveling and it holds karmic retribution it holds intense emotion you know matters that are in our subconscious mind things that are deep within us rather it be emotionally mentally psychologically relationally again karmically and they're coming to the surface and so between the dates of January 11th until around January 20th, we want to be particularly careful. And some of you may already be feeling this. I know I am for sure. There may be intense experiences around us. People may be irritable, angry, frustrated. You may also find that people are pushing boundaries. People are triggering you. 
you know, triggers are a little bit more heightened at this point as well, which is part of why I was saying to really not try to focus on the external stuff, try to really hone in on what you can control, finding that nourishment and stability within yourself. So again, January 11th to January 20th, we really want to see what comes to the surface for us and notice the karmic lessons in them. If it's possible, I know this can be edgy, but if there is something that happens to you that's triggering, notice if it is a mirror. Is that event mirroring anything that you've done recently? You know, it kind of comes around, goes around type of situation. Just notice it may not play out that way, but I want to encourage you to observe and see. Of course, it could also play out in relationship. It could play out in something emotional, mental, something at work, something within your family intense situations are going to be coming up. So it's even that much more necessary that we really care for ourselves. Venus is retrograde still Venus will be retrograding until January 29th. So as I've mentioned, it's a good time to review relationships, there may be things from the past that come up like issues, there may be an ex that comes back karmic matters involving relationship are going to come to the surface. And of course, it may also involve your finances as well. And I've spoken on this quite a bit. So I'm not going to spend too much time on this. Um, Venus and Mars will be together when Mars enters Sagittarius on January 16th, Mars and Venus are going to be together until February 26th. So, you know, that's quite some time. And so Sagittarius is the sign of our beliefs, of our philosophy, of religion, has a lot to do with dogma, <laughs> um, and also has a lot to do with like freedom. You know, it's a really passionate sign, but it's also very like ethical and virtuous sign for sure, represents knowledge. So while Mars and Venus are here, first of all, we really want to be mindful of relationships. Venus is the planet of relationships. It's retrograde. Now it's with Mars. Yes, arguments, disputes, conflict, maybe the chances are a little bit heightened. If you're not in a relationship, it could be meeting someone and it feels really passionate and exciting. Passion, impulsivity, these are also words to describe this combination not looking necessarily at relationships, Venus can also represent diplomacy. So this can be a time where there are conflicts, there are disputes, there is tension amongst people, miscommunication, especially with everything else we have going on with the Kalasarpa and Mercury retrograding, there may be more um, conflict. Okay, so I want you all to have that on your radar and stay particularly safe. Um, a really positive thing that this can do is inspire a desire to attain higher knowledge. You know, it can give us passion towards connecting with our spiritual teaching, passion to learn, to throw ourselves into a specific topic. Uh, Venus can also be bhakti or spiritual learning. So it's a wonderful time to dive headfirst into spiritual pursuits, take trainings, learn, expand your knowledge. Definitely be mindful of the conflicts with the gurus, right? There may be a tendency to have arguments with the gurus, with the teachers. So definitely uh, throw yourself into spiritual teachings and pursue that. Just be extra mindful of those potential conflicts. We want to be extra careful. So I think that that is all that I have for you 
today, those are the most important dates looking at the night sky. We're still under 30 minutes, which I always love doing. So I hope that this was helpful. I hope that it gave you some insight into how to work with the upcoming energies, how to move with them. And I do, I definitely recommend pursuing spiritual teaching and spending time in meditation and really practicing you know, because we can study, we can read, we can listen, but the real magic happens when we sit and we we embody what it is that we're learning. So I'm going to go ahead and end on that note. I hope that you all have a wonderful week until I talk to you next time. I will be publishing my interview with my teacher next week. So have that on your radar. Be looking forward to it. I think it's going to be really special. So If you would like to follow me on Instagram, it's astrologynow underscore podcast. You can go to my website, innerknowing.yoga. If you want to calculate your birth chart, go to my website, click on offerings, and then chart to use my free chart calculator. If you would like to know how these transits are going to impact you personally, join my Patreon, patreon.com slash astrologynowpodcast. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much.